Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGuinness. If you're interested in being a better seller, then this podcast is perfect for you. What's one of the most popular topics of discussion when the sales team gets together? It's, of course, the comp plan, the commission plan. Everyone wants to know, am I on the right plan? Does it favor the salesperson or does it favor the business? Designing compensation and especially the structure of the commission plan is a really tough gig. Today, we're going to shed some light on commission plans as we hear from Fred Viet. Fred is a long-time sales leader who has designed many plans and is very aware of the impacts the change of any structure has on your sales team's behaviors, both the good and the bad. A couple of the key takeaways for me from this conversation were your comp plan should fit the geographical location. It's not a situation where one size fits all. You can actually use your comp plan to close down a cash flow crisis simply by remunerating the sales team more heavily for deals that choose to prepay or take a longer time time agreement and how to stop sellers from sandbagging deals. In this chat, Fred walks us through the five plans the Aircall team have had over the years as well as the good and the bad for each of them. If you want to get even more granular on this topic, Fred has offered to share his model with anyone who's interested. Simply look him up on LinkedIn, reach out and ask him for his comp model. He said he'd share it with us. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time and are interested in getting direct access to the very best sales tactics that I find as I train teams all over, then simply go to markmc.co, my website, and sign up for the twice monthly newsletter that I release. There's no spam, no BS, just massive sales value twice per month in a short and powerful email. I'd love to have you join us. Again, that's www.markmc.co. Now let's jump in and hear all about commission with Fred Viet from Aircall. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, we have Fred Viet as our guest. Welcome, Fred. Thanks for coming along. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me uh, for this month. Yeah, no problem. It's absolute delight to have you on. Just for a bit of background, Fred, to let people know, you're the ANZ Sales Director for a business called Aircall. And previously, you've been in sales leadership roles with companies that people might know, things like Microsoft, Lenovo, AWS, etc. So what else have you been up to? Tell us a little bit about Aircall and a little bit about Fred. Good. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, my name is Fred Viet. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a French guy. I moved to Australia a bit more than 10 years ago, so I, I call Australia home as well, to be fair. I've been in the IT industry for a bit more than 15 years. Most of the time in big companies, so you name them, I started my career with, with Lenovo, IBM. Then I moved to Microsoft. I went back to Europe to run the channel for Veritas Technology uh, for Western Europe. Then I came back again in, in Australia to look after the channel for Amazon Web Services. Being of the year, I decided to change. I mean, 
when you become a bit older, you start thinking, okay, what I'm good at, what do I enjoy doing? And I think what I like on what I'm good at is really building business. So I had this opportunity to join Aircall to run the ANZ business and really build the ANZ on going after APAC in, in the very uh, near future. So uh, that's why I took the challenge. Aircall, in few words, is a French scale-up. So we started the business in 2014. And very simple idea was most companies are using SaaS business, every single IT system interconnected. So very quickly, you plug your email with your CRM. So everything is connected through APIs, easy to use. You can run data, but you still interact with your customer a lot with the phone. On your phone system, is still a side isolated from all your other interactions. So the idea was to bring the phone system in the middle of your IT stack. Makes things very easy to use, very easy to, uh, I would say, plug and play with all your CRM, customer case system, to be able to, I would say, bring back all those data, all those recording in the middle of your data and bring more insight. And funny enough, with the recent, I would say, events, what we are seeing is people are working more and more remotely. You need to have like a a very flexible system where you can work from anywhere and everywhere. So that's the idea of Aircall because it's a a cloud-based phone system. The second point as well is as a manager, you want to be able to support your team. You want to be able to coach them on the fact that you can record calls, go back to them, listen to them and coach your team. It's something that we are are seeing more and more traction. So that's our mission. On the good news, we had a a really good news last week. We uh, raised uh, 120 million for Series D. Wow. We became a unicorn. That was a big milestone. It's just the beginning of the journey, but it's going to help us to grow further and invest more for our customer. Wow. Congratulations. There you go. You heard that first on the Boss Podcast. Well done, Fred, and well done to everyone at Aircore. It certainly sounds like a product that, you know, sales enablers and sales leaders would be very keen to implement because, you know, there's so many things go right and wrong on a telephone call and we need to be able to capture those. So like you said, so that we can coach our team around what's really working with other parts of our team and perhaps, you know, areas where we might be able to eke out a little bit more efficiency or effectiveness from our sales team. So really pleased to have you on. I think we're going to have a great conversation today. But we're not talking about telephones today, are we? What are we going to talk about, Fred? Uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. What I would like is to share with you our journey because we're a B2B company. We're a SaaS company. We've got a nice product. We've got good marketing engine. But as every single B2B company, we need sales. It's a very good topic, sales. I've been in sales for all my career. and I love this topic. And there's one thing very important if you speak about sales is the composition plan. This will drive the behavior of your sales. But most important, if you think about Aircall on the journey, we, we came from like zero annual revenue to few millions now. And I would like to share with you what was your thinking on how many steps, how many iterations we had on our composition plan based on our current position or financial objective on, on what was very important for us at the time. Okay. Yeah, I think this is going to be really important because nearly every salesperson on the planet is not sure. Well, every business seems to have a separate, a different commission plan, right? So when you move from one business to another, it's a, and then you're never really sure if you're getting a fair deal as a salesperson or not. So I think this is going to be really valuable for people to be able to figure out and compare themselves to what we've got here and your mindset around that. Commission structures are really interesting because 
on one hand, salespeople get a bad rap. You know, we hear terms like commission breath. You know, I think everyone's heard that before. Or you're just, or salespeople are just coin operated. So you're just trying to write business so that you get the commission. But when businesses structure their remuneration so heavily focused on targets and on commission, there's, there's not really anything else that salespeople can do. We need to have a focus on commission. I think we send a mixed signal to people often. So I'll be really interested to hear what you've got to say about how we should be setting these things up. Where should we start? Yeah, it's a good point for what you're saying, but uh, of course, everyone is looking at the sales because, yeah, we put like a base on incentive. On I think, you know, the sales plan needs to reflect a few things. And I would say that there are four to five key elements. The first one, I would say, is your sales plan needs to be aligned with your culture. And think about that. We've got a customer obsession. That's season. It's very important for us. So that means your sales plan needs to be at a need to reflect that. That means you need to reflect the right behavior. You need to incentive your sales team to go after a new customer, but doing the right things for them. So that, that would be the first thing. Your sales plan needs to be aligned with the culture you want in your company. Few other points very important. Need to be scalable. You start, you've got perhaps your you're just like air code in France with few sales team, but uh, seven years later you're in Australia with different culture, you're in US, you're in, in different, I would say, <laughs> country in, in EMEA. So this needs to be scalable. Very important as well is needs to be, I would say, aligned with your financial metrics. Think about that. Especially if you think about like a startup scale-up, you, you will have different phase. You want revenue, you want cash, you want growth. So every time it, it needs to be aligned, you, you cannot just overpay your sales rep for the wrong behavior, burning cash. I mean, it may work the first two months, but then you're going to have issue to go uh, and have more funding. So very important to always have this kind of alignment between what you want to drive and the financial metrics. You mentioned about like composition plan is for, I would say, remuneration. We've got another feeling as well is it needs to be transparent and it needs to also show a path to career growth and progression. So I will, I will go a bit deeper on that, but that's how we structure that. I would say the last one is to, uh, yeah, you need to incentive your, your team to do the extra miles. So that would be the five key elements for me. Okay. I like that. You know, you mentioned there about setting up the goals for the business as it grows. As an external consultant, I'm always scared when I go into a business and one of the first things the sales leaderships or the, the C-level guys and girls say to me is, you know, we're thinking about changing the commission plan. And I'm like, oh my God, here's going to be like a major morale challenge. You know, people bring me in to help them, you know, prospect more to, to book more meetings. If you're trying to get people to change their behavior and you're changing the way they're being paid at the same time, you know, that can be a real challenge. It's a big thing for people, you know, making these changes. So if we can set the plan up right in the first place, it's going to make a lot less headaches on the way through. You're right. Changing a comp plan is always a challenge because... <laughs> It's, it's always this moment or like you're doing too, it's too good, you're going to lose money or it's not good enough, you're going to lose your talent. So it's, it's always one of the, the most critical part of the journey of, uh, of a company growth. Yeah, but, and I did like your first comment there about the, the culture because you know, I'm fortunate in that I get to see inside a lot of businesses and there are definitely some businesses that have a really strong hunter new business you know like so it's like sign new business you know and then move it get some more business hand it over to the customer success team and their remuneration is typically very much focused on bringing new logos or net new business into you know and that's their culture 
and they've got a very big focus on that. And then there's other businesses that are maybe taking a more deliberate approach and much more around get your customers, make sure that they stay with us for a really long time, make sure they've got a great experience. And you know that culture has to be aligned throughout the entire team, but also the salespeople, because you know if the salesperson's working against that culture, it's not going to be a great fit. And the remuneration, I guess, is going to be focused different. So where should we look at first? Where we can look at, I think it's uh, just to, to perhaps share with you uh, a bit of our journey where we went on, uh, as I mentioned, I think fifth iteration of our complaint. We just changed it like six, six, uh, three months ago. I can ex- explain you or journey from, I would say, when we were from zero to one million air on the evolution on why we think we've got the right complaint now to go to, I would say, a few hundreds of million annual run rate. Okay. So what were the mistakes that you had when you had it set up first with a small business? How was the plan set up and why was that a mistake? We started with, the first one was we decided to go with a, a team comp model. Like not individual, but we are all one family. We want velocity. We've got inbound leads coming. We want people to jump on it. We don't. We want to have like this kind of thrive together spirit. So we went with like this is the monthly target we achieve as a team. It's a zero zero or one achievement. So let's go for that. I think it was good because it created the core team. Everyone is working together. You're aware one day someone can pick up your deal and I would say, close it for you. There's no competition. So really good for that. I think you, you create the foundation. The point is, how I would say the negative point is, how do you push for overachievement? You don't. How do you assess on, as soon as you grow, you want to be able to, I would say, assess your top performer on, I would say, your less performer people to be able to coach them. And I think when you've got like team compliance, it's, it's, not easy to do that. So that's why we decided to say, okay, we are above the 1 million IR. Perhaps we need to change it and uh, we need to accelerate growth. That was part of the journey. So let's go and change it. Okay. What did number two look like? So if this is the second step, so what was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Number two was perhaps, uh, can we say was perhaps the, the, the mistake? And, and you know, it's exactly <laughs> what you mentioned at the beginning. It says just chasing money. Was like okay, you've got like commission on deal you you close. So roughly you've got target on and you've got like massive commission for every single deal you bring. It's like a percentage of what you bring. So you motivate people, and you go through growth, crazy growth. The point with that, I think it's good everyone understand that you sign you you know exactly how much you're going to have, but you can sign a good customer, a bad customer, like a on customer that is not going to stay long-term for you or is not the right fit for for us and for them. And so you don't drive the right behavior. And then I think the, the most important thing is you, you've got no control about your financial impact. And as you remember, one of the key elements is making sure your company is aligned with your financial metrics on what you want to drive. Mm-hmm. So we went through that. And we say, okay, that's good. We've got the growth, but it's, it's not sustainable. We will not be able to scale with that. We'll not be able to bring the right behavior we want. Uh, so let's go and change it very, very quickly on, on that we did. And was that because people were so focused on just bringing new business rather than sustainable business? Or was it because the financial model was not going to work for the business? A bit of both. Financial model was, was not good enough. 
the complaint was not really aligned with the financial. So yeah. the cash impact was too high. And so was that a typical low base, high commission scenario? So, you know, you pay somebody X amount of base and then they got a percentage of the, of the business that they want? Uh, most likely we are, we are on, if you think at OT, we are at 60, uh, 60, 40. But because the OT was uncapped on, I would say, with based on dollar, dollar value for every single deal, without any quality metrics, this was going off. Gotcha. Okay, so it was 60-40 OTE, uncapped commission. That's great. Great to know. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? Well, what's worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved, and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, But is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash pow. Okay, so what was the third iteration? What did that look like? The third we went to, like, I would say, uh, I'm going to speak about the third and the fourth because they are, they are quite linked together. And it's more like what you, what you can see in big company. So you've got, uh, you've got targets, individual targets. And uh, based on these targets, you've got, you know, the, the Gaussian curve. So roughly below tw- uh, 75%, you've got no commission uh, from 75 to, uh, to above 100, you multiply by two. So you do 75%, you've got only 50% of your commission. 100, you've got 100. On above is multiplied by two and capped. When you do that, you always know people are not going to achieve. People are going to overachieve on your bulk park is in the middle. So you've got control over your budget. Yeah, but that was capped. So in number, no, I'm it assuming that's capped. Uncapped. Okay. I think people want these details. So it's and base versus commission. So in the previous iteration, it was sixty forty. What do you call this one now? Is this more like eighty twenty? No, same. We we keep at sixty forty. Okay, good to know. Again, you need to um, you remember I say you need to uh, to think globally and adapt your plan locally. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, it's it's exactly uh, we've got this mental model, you know, like. Okay, that's the comp plan. But in Australia, it's going to be 60-40, for example. But in France or in Germany, it's going to be perhaps a bit different. I know, for example, in US, it's more like a 50-50. It's, again, you need to be flexible and you need to understand the local culture, the local best practice in your country to be able to adapt if needed. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So America 50-50, Australia 60-40, Germany... We are at sixty forty as well, or sometimes it can it can just change a bit, but the, we are most likely to find this sixty forty. Okay, that's interesting. Remember that we are in B two B, so uh, that's why we see this kind of sixty forty plan because you, you still have you still expect like a lot high quality people, and they always request a quite a comfortable base as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, so 
number five. Is that where we're up to now, or are we? Or are you on number six? <laughs> so, so no, no, no. Just just few a few comments on the number three, four. I think it was it oh, was right. a good model. You control roughly. You control your budget. You push for the extra miles because you you multiply by two above one hundred percent. So you push people. The only thing you've got is two things. First, we did measure only one thing. The monthly run rate. So it's it was only a one dimension target. You bring a deal, you need to do like let's say one hundred dollar a month. It's just monthly run rate. There's no quality about this deal. So that's one thing. Very important to to keep in mind. The second one is you've got we are all sales rep on on we know how to send bag. So think about that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Who didn't do that? <laughs> Seriously. When you see the you see you're not going to achieve seventy-five percent, what do you do? You stop at seventy-four or you stop at ten percent and you will do one twenty percent the, the following months. And it's, it's it's normal behavior, you know. We we want sales that are clever, they always you know, I remember when I was a sales, the first thing is really to understand your complaint and how to maximize your complaint. So so that was the second effect, sandbagging. And when you're, I would say, small, you can you can have a bad month, a good month. Whoa, okay, why not? But the more you grow, you, the more you're going to go for your Series C, Series D. Predictability is very important. And think about like we all have a, a goal in mind is to, to go to IPO. If you start having those kind of like a good quarter or a really bad quarter on no pre- predictability, market is not going to uh, uh, like that. No, you look risky. Yeah. 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 And you know what? The CFO doesn't like that either because they're trying to plan out and smooth out their cash flow. If they've got money coming in and out in crazy peaks and troughs, that makes it really hard for them to manage their business. Exactly. So what what we did as well in, in this one is we tweeted uh, a bit more in, in this version is uh, we brought as well some quality things. So at this time, one very important thing for us was cash. When gross mode, we want to bring the cash. So we, we decided to start giving a bit like a, a deal value per deal sign. So it was not just anymore the monthly run rate, but if you've got like a upfront payment, this is double your, your deal value versus your target. Ah, so, so we brought those kind of things and it worked. It worked quite well. It worked really well because we've seen an increase in terms of, I would say, deal close up front. So we, we, it, it works really well. The point, it was perhaps too much. The multiply by two was, was too good for the sales rep. We, I would say, think about the return on investment. The fact to have the, the cash up front on the money we pay the sales was perhaps not, uh, not the best return on investment. Okay, I understand. How were the salespeople, and we're getting a bit off track here, so how were the salespeople bringing that, those payments forward? Were they offering a discount for that or were they just using their persuasion skills? And making that part of the original deal or part of the deal. So I'm wondering whether the business was paying for it twice, you know, by discounting, giving, you know, two and a half percent discount, for example, for paying in the first X amount of days. So for every single model, in, in, I mean, for every single size, you always see that you've got like a price when you pay monthly on, on, on the price when you pay, uh, I would say, upfront. You've got the same when you pay your insurance. I just renewed my uh, car insurance yesterday. There is a, and they give you the price if you pay straight away your yearly upfront or if you pay monthly. So it's it's we've got the same in, in B2B. But it's fun, you know, what you mentioned is is how the complaint can change behavior. Because when you start saying it's multiplied by two, 
people are going to do the extra mile to close uh, the deal yearly upfront. They will not propose the monthly option. They will go straight away with that and battle with that a lot. So uh, it's fun how you can see. The point, if you think about that, when you do that on, on your ratio is not good. You got all your team achieving their target at deal value, but the business can miss their monthly run rate business target. You start having this kind of gap or, or I would say a discrepancy between your sales performance and the reality of the business. So you need to start tweeting it a bit more. Ah, that's interesting. It's good to know that by making some of these changes, you can actually impact the real business outcomes. And I think we, we had something with that. And, and we judge change. And I'm going to present you the, the, the model we've got currently. We, we think it drives the right behavior. And, and we have seen some good results so far in terms of, of, I would say, the quality we want, the business performance we want, and the behavior we want from the, from the sales team. Okay. So where are we now? So we keep the same. It's very important is for every single deal. First of all, know you've got commission for every single deal. Um, we decided to stop this kind of threshold at 75% because it, it brings sometimes sandbagging. We, we don't want that. Uh, sometimes you can, have, you can have a good month, a bad month. We, we want predictability. We want to have like, we still want people to do the extra miles on push, but we don't want them to stop because they think they're not going to be at that threshold. So that's the first thing. So people got paid commission on, on everything now instead of... On every single deal. Yeah. Okay. We still have few things and we've got three components on every single deal that are going to, I would say, influence your deal commission. The first one still the same, the monthly run rate revenue you are bringing. It's still important because it's, it's our business. The second one is the quality ratio, quality of the deal. How do you measure that? So very simple. What is important for us? And there's two aspects for us important. The commitment. Is it a month-to-month? Is it a 12, 24, or 36-month 30, commitment? Uh, okay. Why commitment is important is when a customer signs a, a long-term deal, he's committed to make it work. He's committed to invest, uh, do the right uh, setup in his system, the right integration, the right training. So commitment mean commitment from the business as well to implement the right things to make the solution work. So that's one thing very important for us. The second one is monthly payment. Uh, the payment, sorry. Is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be 3, 6, 12, 24 uh, months up front? So you see it's like a, a matrix. And for every single, we've got like a matrix with a ratio. We just stopped doing the multiply by two because it was a bit too generous. But if you sign a deal that is no commitment on monthly payment, yeah, your, rate, your quality ratio, it, it's 0.9. Why? Because it's not good. It's not good for us. It's not good for the customer. Yep. But when you start signing a, a deal, for example, of, uh, I would say, 24 months commitment, 12 months upfront, you multiply your deal value by 1.55. So that's the first things. Okay. And the last one, so we've got the monthly run rate, we've got the quality ratio, and we've got the A ratio. What's that? Hey, that's roughly, that's what gives you 100% of your commission when you do 100% of your MRR target. 
And if you remember at the beginning, I mentioned that one thing very important in your com commission plan, it needs to be transparent and to show the career progression. And that's how it works. So everyone knows that for a, a cont executive level one, two, three, four, five, what they have to do to achieve those level in terms of number of deals signed, monthly run rate signed, competency check, on what does it mean in terms of AE ratio? So that means by how much we're going to multiply their deal commission for every single deal. Okay, that makes sense. It's working? It's working because I'm, I'm around 40. And uh, I think, yeah, and, and look, <laughs> you've got the same age. We, st we started in those big companies and seriously, you don't know. There, there's, it's obscure. You, you don't know really, uh, yeah, you, you know this, this level, but uh, it's based on the negotiation you managed to do at the uh, beginning of the year uh, when you decided to apply for the job. And, uh, and sometimes you've got, you're in the company for 10 years, you've got this guy coming and, hey, he did a better job and he's more pay than you. We don't want that. And I think this new generation, they want transparency. They want to know exactly that's what I'm going to do. I want to know what's the next step. Tell me how I'm, go I'm going to... Uh, Managed to go to the next step of my career. So to be able to be transparent like that and, and show them very clearly, you know, that's the criteria on that, the, um, the give, I mean, term of remuneration based a ratio that really uh, motivate them and, and give them transparency that, 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 that they like. Okay. I think there's some really good points there, but I want to go back to the start as a way of ending. So what were your five key points again? Just because we said them quite some time ago. So, yeah. so rather than making people go back and listen, what were those five key points as a way of closing that out? First one, make sure your comp plan is aligned with your uh, company culture. Is it thrive together, be bored, or customer obsession? But it needs to be aligned to that. That's the first point. The second one, the model needs to be scalable. You've got a size today. You will be perhaps twice this size or 10 times this size in the next future. And remember, it needs to be scalable and you will not be in Australia all the time, you will be in other countries. So you need to be able to sing globally, act locally. Third point, make sure your model is aligned with your financial metrics. There's, it's pointless if you drive the wrong behavior and it's not achieving what your company needs to deliver on the market or for your key stakeholder. Fourth point, the one that I touched very uh, at the end is, uh, Make sure it's transparent and it demonstrates and I would say explain clearly the growth path and the progression your team can achieve. What does it mean for them? And the last one, it's remember it's a sales plan. So it needs to boost your sales team. You need to keep your, your talented people and you need to, uh, I would say, motivate them to go to the extra miles. There we go. There's Fred's top five tips for a comp plan build out coming from somebody with lots of experience across lots of geographical locations. That's a big takeaway for me is that we need to have different plans for different geographical locations. And it makes perfect sense now that you've said it, but I would not have thought that. So that's actually been a really interesting takeaway for me. Thank you. So Fred, how can people get in contact with if they want to learn more about Aircall? What's the best way for people to do that? Uh, the best way is they can, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. So Fred Viet, very, very simple. You can share my email as well. It's fred.viet 
at uh, aircall.io. I'm more than happy. Uh, and, and again, um, more than happy to share with people the uh, the document. I've got a presentation. Uh, we've got some uh, Excel files that they can use and start planning their composition composition plan. It's it's just something that we we work a lot on it. We think it's a really good one. So we are more than happy to share with people or knowledge on on uh, help them. Lovely. And Fred, are you guys currently looking for staff at the moment? Yes, we are hiring like like crazy. So, yeah, give uh, yourself a quick plug. Tell me the type of people that you're looking for in case they're listening and they love the sound of your excellent commission plan and want to run across to Aircall. Who are you looking for, mate? We are looking for uh, account executive. So few of them, uh, some uh, business development representative. I'm looking for a customer success manager as well. And uh, that's on the sales point of view, but uh, we're also looking at like uh, support level one, support level two, because that, that's something very important for us. Is It's good to have a sales team here locally, but uh, from day one, we have decided to have the support as well based in Australia for Australian customer. Yep. I'm not sure we'll have too many support people listening to this podcast, uh, Fred, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on the Boss Podcast, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed this time. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcast as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.